Hutch into the 5. Left hash marks 10, 15. Hits a hole. Hard. He's to the 25, 30. Breaks into the clear. Keyshawn Nixon is off to the races. It's Secretariat at the Belmont. Down the sprints they come. No one will catch him. It is a touchdown. And here's the snap. Stafford, tight pocket. Hit as he throws left side. Yes. Intercepted. Yes. Right sidelines. Douglas to the house. High stepping. Touchdown. Green Bay in a third quarter. Dagger. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Quick Slants Podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I am your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter slash X at Jason Perrone. I'm back. I think my voice has finally recovered from two Packers games in three weeks, and I sound more normal. I feel more normal than I have since the beginning of this season, so it's good to be back. Didn't do a show last week because I was in Las Vegas for the Raiders game on Monday night, which we all know how that went. And I will just say I had a great time out there getting together with friends and people that typically meet up with at these games and travel with. Most notably, I want to, again, thank Joe Arrigo for just being a phenomenal host out in Las Vegas, showing us a great time. was out there with Jacob Westendorf, who I've done a lot of work with in the past, did Pulse the Pack together for a long time, Pack-A-Day co-hosts, counterparts, I should say. Vince Costa, who's also out in Las Vegas, great to see him. Good, good Packers fan as well. Had a good time. I was really impressed with Allegiant Stadium and the Raiders crowd. Everybody was pretty cool, with the exception of, of course, a few outliers. There's always a couple out there, right? But for the most part, thought the fans were great. It was over half Packers fans. So for as much as we were frustrated at how many of those Tickets to the Lions game ended up in Lions fans' hands. It's nothing like it is anywhere else in the NFL where we take over most of the stadiums when we're traveling. So the game itself is obviously long over. And we're getting into now what is a week of prep for the Packers to get back on the field as they will get ready to take on the Denver Broncos on Sunday. In the in the first for the first time in in three weeks. It'll be four four weeks since the Packers have played on Sunday. Uh, just due to scheduling and their bye week and all that kind of stuff too. So not really much to say about the Raiders game itself other than just it was a disappointing performance. And the the big overarching takeaway without getting into the granulars of the game, because that's already been done ad nauseum by now, is the youth of this team and the 2023 Green Bay Packers, we've said over and over and over again, learning season, young players, going to have to reset expectations, all that kind of stuff too. But you do want to see the progression of growth. And that's, I think, the biggest issue over the last two games. Granted, the Lions are a good team this year, and the Packers did not play well against Detroit four days after a tough comeback victory against the Saints several weeks ago. But then they come out after 11 days rest. They go to Las Vegas. Yeah, it's a trip out west, and it's traveling, but they have plenty of time to prep, and they're completely thrown off by the loss of Aaron Jones two days prior. He has a setback in practice on Saturday, and apparently that threw everything into a tailspin. And the Packers weren't able to generate any offense at all. Jordan Love has his worst game as a starter. All those things come together and the Packers end up looking badly. And now the question is, well, is this the direction things are going? Is there an issue with the coaching, with the players? Was this just some sort of a bad matchup and we just underestimated the Raiders, who are not a very good team? You can only go off of what you see on the field. And so the good news is, is that after that game, the Packers had their bye week this past week. They were off. 
got a chance to get healthy, rest, got more time to plan, come back. And now they're in a similar situation where they're going to be heading out west to play another bad team on the road. So I guess it, it's better than having to go to Arrowhead and face the Chiefs right away, right? But it's a bad team on the road out west. And so if this doesn't go well, then there's no, no choice but to ask a lot of questions. So let's just take a quick inventory of this team on both offense and defense and just kind of see where we're at here. On offense, just a couple stats here. The Packers are, they rank 27th in rushing yards. So they're not the worst team in the NFL, but they're they're 27th, it's towards the bottom. There's only 32 teams, right? They're averaging 3.5 yards a carry. That is also not the worst in the NFL. So that's not, it's not great, but it's not the worst. Now, I looked at the attempts. How many attempts do they have? And the Packers actually rank 25th in rushing attempts. They only have 116. So they're not running the ball way more than other teams and failing at a higher rate. They're they're just not successful when they run the ball. And A.J. Dillon has been very average. We know this. The offensive line has been very average, and we know this. And then we and we know why. Right? We understand one of the biggest reasons for that is they're all pro left tackle who's no longer an all pro left tackle David Bakhtiari is done his season is over I don't know if he'll ever play football again and left guard Elton Jenkins pro bowl left guard Elton Jenkins had to miss some time with an injury of his own and so on the left side you had a lot of stress and struggle and youth you had to put Royce Newman back out at left guard which is suboptimal we all know he doesn't play very well over time and Rashid Walker, your very late round tackle has stepped in and you're asking him to kind of fill in for Bakhtiari, which is not fair, obviously. David Bakhtiari, asking anybody to, to fill in for David Bakhtiari is, is a lot. So we know what's going on there. Plays from scrimmage. The Packers are 27th in the NFL. They have 288 total offensive plays run. And... Completion percentage, Packers rank last, 55.6. That is also Jordan Love's completion percentage this season. 55.6 is not good. It's not good enough. And we'll get more into the offense and all that other kind of stuff a little bit later. It's just not good enough. And when you watch games, when I watch games in person, I don't, you know, I stop watching the ball. I start looking at the matchups. I start watching the receivers. How do the routes develop? How do these things look? What's happening out there? And I could tell on the first interception that, that Love threw, it was right to the defender. He said he didn't see him. I joked on Packaday that I, I want to, you know, I, I want the best optometrist in Green Bay to take a look at Jordan Love's eyeballs because there's nothing else there. There's nothing else there. You can't possibly say you didn't see a guy wearing a black jersey. It just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. This the second interception was also bad. Late over the middle. Pressing. Throwing to a covered receiver. Ball gets tipped in the air. Of course, bad things happen. Intercepted. The last the last uh, interception was also a ball that was not placed very well. So, Love had a terrible game. And he's you know, his off-platform stuff is not there. He just doesn't have the playmaking ability 
to, to get things going. He can run and he can make plays with his feet and that's great and everything. You know, that's, that's a component of the Packers offense that has not been there for a long time. But you're going to have to complete throws. You're going to have to, there's going to be games where you're going to have to throw it 35 and 40 times and that's going to have to work for that game. And you're going to have to be successful enough to, if you throw the ball 35 times, you're going to want to, you're going to want to have 25 completions, right? You're going to want to have a better percentage there. You got to keep the offense moving. Otherwise you've got no chance. Your defense is keeping the, uh, the opposition under 20 on average. You should be able to score more points, especially against bad teams. So all that stuff's not happening. Four of the five teams the Packers have faced are not very good. And they sit at two and three. So obviously this season is kind of going on the lower end how we thought it might. They might struggle. They might not be very good. They might have growing pains. They might have bumps. They might make a lot of mistakes. All those things are happening. And they're two and three as a result. Now again, talked about David Bakhtiari. Aaron Jones is injured. I think they were counting on him coming back and playing Monday night. He wasn't able to go. That's a big part of the offense, right? The other interesting thing about uh, Rashid Walker in at left tackle is he's there instead of the guy who held the left tackle post during a season in which the team won 13 games and they were the, the number one seed. And apparently is unable to, to play left tackle and, and is in some sort of a doghouse. Yash Neiman. What's going on there? Right? So all of these things are just, you get this storm of things that go on that the team just didn't expect was was going to happen. They paid Yash a, a, a decent amount to stay on this team instead of trading him or moving him. And he's a good depth piece, but... Why isn't he playing left tackle if he was playing left tackle on a very successful team a couple years ago? I don't know. The tight ends, the rookies out there, they don't know anything yet. They don't know the playbook. They don't know where to be on the field. They don't know how to block. If I hear Luke Musgrave ran the wrong route one more time, then then this dude needs a tutor because you've got to understand this offense. You've got to understand where to be on the field. You can't possibly think that if you can reach out and touch your teammate – with, with your hand extended and you've run a route that you're in the right place. One of you is in the wrong spot. And I keep hearing that it's 88 that ran the wrong route or that's, that's in the wrong spot. So what's going on between the ears? Get, get the playbook, figure it out, right? It's easy for me to sit here and say this behind my microphones. I don't play NFL football, but I'm also not paid the millions of dollars to play NFL football and understand this stuff. And, and that's not my full-time job. I can guarantee you if it was my full-time job to understand this playbook, and do my best to play this position, I didn't have anything else to do, I would do that because it's my job. If I don't do my job, I'm going to get fired. So Luke Musgrave is not going to get fired. He's not going to get cut. He's going to get more opportunities. And he is extremely young. Didn't play a lot last year in college. So all those things put together, then it comes back to the GM and Brian Gutekunst and the roster construction and some of the choices that he's made with the players that he's handed over to Matt LaFleur to run this team. He's giving Matt LaFleur, in some cases, football players, in some cases, athletes. And it's up to the coaching staff to turn those athletes into players and productive pieces of the Green Bay Packers. And that can be challenging. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more uh, on the offensive side in in a minute. So that's the offense. The offense is just... As has been said, I'm borrowing this phrase from several other people. They don't have an identity. They don't do anything very well. 
So then the question becomes when you're asking yourself, well, how do they match up against team X or Y or Z? How do they match up against the Broncos coming up? How are they going to match up against the Chiefs when they play the Chiefs in a, a couple of weeks? Well, what do they do well? What can we count on the Packers to do offensively that's going to help them in that matchup? Right now, I don't know if anyone can answer that question. It's just such a wild card. And you can't have a wild card offense and be a good team in the NFL. And the Packers are, right now, not a good team in the NFL. So I guess that makes sense. On the defensive side of the ball, and again, you know, a lot of, again, the, the Joe Barry thing, everybody just, just blame Joe Barry. I mean, you know, people are probably blaming Joe Barry for stuff that's, that's you know, the, the, that's going wrong in their house. You know, oh, the door fell off the hinges. Joe Barry's fault. I mean, that just becomes this weird narrative and, and he becomes the problem on this team in, in whole. And really, the defense has, has been far from the biggest problem, although they have had some issues of their own, of course. But the defense is not as, as big of an issue right now as the offense. But you got, again, injuries that are, are affecting this team. Quay Walker went out Monday night. He didn't come back. Darnell Savage went out. He didn't come back. Eric Stokes has yet to get back on the field. He's still hurt practicing but hasn't played yet. Devondre Campbell has missed the past couple of weeks. He had a setback. He didn't play. Will he be ready to go? I, as of recording time right now, no idea. Have no idea. Jair Alexander finally back on the field. This big anticipated matchup between Jair and Devontae Adams, which, by the way, we really didn't see much of at all. And Jair has been very average this season. He had a back issue. Hasn't been very good. Missed a couple plays in the Atlanta game that I thought he could have made. Just hasn't been him his usual self. And so those things are, are causing stress on the defense. You've got kind of ups and downs, inconsistency on the defensive line. They're very good, then they're not. You get some good play from Devontae Wyatt, then you get some not-so-great play from Devontae Wyatt. His numbers are really good. Everyone's like, oh, Devontae Wyatt's numbers are great for pressures and sacks and all this kind of stuff. Well, I mean, he had three in the first game. So over the course of, of the last, if you grade it on a curve, game to game, is he really good? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he's okay. He's got time to develop. He's going to get an opportunity. But Carl Brooks, very young, learning. Colby Wooden, very young, learning. The safeties are what we knew they would be, very average. And that's only because Rudy Ford has actually been okay which keeps them from being bad. The safety should be bad, but Rudy Ford is actually making them very average. He's got two interceptions, and he's actually made some plays, and he's doing okay back there holding his own because Darnell Savage cannot make plays. It's over. He's done. He's a bad safety. Uh, I'm done with Darnell Savage. That, that experiment is over. This dude cannot play football. He has no instincts. He has no ability to make a play on the ball. He's allergic to the football. That pick six he got last year, it fell into his lap. You or I could have made that pick. He is not good. Very disappointing for a first-rounder where he was drafted. I'm over it. I'm done with Darnell Savage. He cannot be an effective part of this, of this defense. Jonathan Owens is the definition of Jag. He's depth. He's a body. The, Packer, the fact that the Packers survived on Monday night with a healthy dose of Isaiah McDuffie, Jonathan Owens at safety is incredible. And Packers still had a chance to win that game, and they didn't. But they still had a chance. That's how bad the Raiders are. The Packers lost that game. Look at all the things that I'm saying right now. These are not things that 
you want to hear about a team that's on the rise or that's trending in the right direction. You know, win the games you're at least supposed to win. If you pick on paper the top three or four games that are winnable for the Packers, they just lost one of them this last week. That's not good. Even in 2023, for everything you want to frame this season as learning and all that other kind of stuff, that's not positive, as former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy used to say. Not a positive at all. Now, speaking of head coach, Matt LaFleur. Can't do a quick slant without bringing LaFleur into the conversation. He has his hands full this season. I We know this. In, and his goal isn't as much winning as it is keeping these players engaged for the future. Right? It's, it's about, because we assume that he's still going to be here in 24, 25, and his players that are going to carry over they have to believe in him even if things aren't going well this season. That he can lead them to much greater things next year and beyond. The question is, can he? We will see, obviously. I have been critical of Lafleur as the head coach. As the head of the football on the field. But that's the way that it goes when you become a head coach. It starts and stops with, with you. It, it's unfair to compare him to... Dan Campbell, right, for example, and expect Matt LaFleur to suddenly become this hard-nosed, you know, in-the-face kind of coach. He is who he is, Matt LaFleur is, and we have to hope that he and his staff and this team can weather the storm together in 2023, which is a learning year, and get back at it next year and say, hey, we got to be better. We got to take the next step, right? That's the big, the big thing that I'm going to be kind of watching and looking for is the body language on this team. How do they react? All those things. I mean, this week heading into Denver, again, like I said before, it's, this is a, another bad team. I mean, they're one in five. They're putrid. It's still a road trip out west for the Packers. That's not easy against anyone in the NFL. Winning is hard and on the road, it's not easy to go on a long trip. But this at this this has the makings of a game that's going to speak volumes to some of these things I've been talking about. And it's not because this game has a huge meaning for both teams. It doesn't. It's, it's not meaningful in the standings because neither of these teams are headed for any postseason or anything magical this season. And if Green Bay comes out looking flat like they did in Las Vegas and they lose to the Broncos, they're going to lose the national media. And any of the faith that any of those out there who think that the Packers can still overachieve this season will be slipping away as well. You know, if they fight hard, they lose a close game. Okay. I guess we'll see how that plays out. Why didn't they win? Was it because... Jordan Love threw another three picks in the game. Did the defense have a bad game? Did Russell Wilson run wild? You know, well, if, if, if the first thing happens, Love has another three interception game, that's really bad. That's like Justin Fields bad over a two-game stretch. I'm not being hyperbole there. That's just the truth. If the Packers win, that obviously bodes well all around. It doesn't matter how they get it done. You win a football game, then... You know, you avoid two really bad losses in a row and you say, okay, we kind of tripped over ourselves in Vegas, but we we got it right. We came back, we bounced back and, you know, you're three and three after 
taking on the Broncos and really, you know, you should be four and two, but three and three isn't, isn't as bad. Two and four, that's bad. Especially if you've lost two games in a row to, to two really, really bad teams. Even though it's a learning season, it's still football. We're not just, as fans, we're not just going to sit here and be like, okay, it's okay, they keep sucking. No, it's not. It's still football. You, you want to see the, these, the response. Growth, improvement. My biggest, my biggest issue with the last two games has been the regression. Everywhere, things are getting worse. They're not getting better. They're, they're going in the wrong direction. And offensively, just terrible. So either the coaching staff is ineffective or the GM completely missed on constructing this team. Like I said before, like, you know, we keep hearing about all the talent, the talent. This team has so much potential. They're so athletic. Okay, great. This isn't the Olympics, though. This is football. On last week's Pack-A-Day, on Thursday, my co-host Mark Eckel talked about Christian Watson. He referred to him as a great athlete. He doesn't think Watson is a good football player right now. I agree. Watson may never be a good football player. He might just be a really fast guy that puts on a football uniform, and in certain spaces, he can make football plays. But is he a football player? I don't know. Have no idea. On the two interceptions that he was involved in, the last one in particular, he's gotten a lot of heat for not coming back and playing defensive back. I think it's hard. I mean, First of all, Watson was open a little earlier in the route. Love doesn't throw the ball earlier. And then in the end zone, he's way behind the defender who played the ball well, and he didn't have a chance to come back. You know, he ends up on his butt because the ball was underthrown. Well, dude, you have to kind of see that. You have to know that it's underthrown and that it's, it's not going to make it over that defensive back who is much shorter than he is. Like, you're you're much taller. You should not lose a, a body battle for a ball like that. But again, the ball wasn't placed in a very good spot either. So these guys, the point is, is that these guys have to show up as football players. They can't show up as athletes and think that everything is fine. Oh, hey, I run faster than you do. That does not matter on a football field. It's about determination, making plays, and where is the pigskin? Where's the ball? That's what matters. It doesn't matter how fast you are. Do you have the ball in your hands, and are you crossing the goal line with it? Both sides of the ball need football players. And the execution by the players has been awful. And we know this because every week in film review, it's little mistakes on top of each other that are paper cutting this team by their own doing. And it's frustrating when it doesn't cleaned up, get, you know, when it doesn't get cleaned up. And and again, that's why I have so many questions about Matt LaFleur's ability to get through and get the most from his players. Are they listening? Should they listen? I mean, now that's, that's me throwing a lot of smoke out there about, questioning whether or not the coaching staff is is effective, but are they being taught the right way? I guess it's a valid question. If the Packers still look bad on the field and they don't look good against Denver and they've had two games off of extended breaks and they look like garbage, it is valid to question the coaching staff and whether or not these players are being taught the right things and what is it, you know? And think about this too. I I, I never really stopped and thought about it this way. When you think about football and putting into perspective how difficult the game can be, I know that a lot of times people say it's a simple game, just execute and, and you know, up front, you got to win up front and you'll win the game and all that kind of stuff. But think about this, okay? 11 guys have a job on any given play. And if just one doesn't do their job, it can blow up the play. It can throw the whole thing off and negate the work of the, the 10 other people, right? So in, in regular life, in normal life, 
if you or I are in a room and we're tasked with instructing 11 people to do something in one act, knowing that if one person messes up their job or their assignment, whatever the thing be, right, the entire act is shot. How confident are you that you can do it? Because I can tell you right now, me having to, to direct or to, to, to get 11 people to do independent things and make sure they do it all correctly so one act and one thing can go well, that puts into perspective how difficult football can be. Now consider that that takes place over 40 times a game. And when you put it in a context like that, it makes football sound miraculous, doesn't it? And I think it also helps explain why when you put so many guys in the field who have never done this at the NFL level, where everyone they're facing is very good across from them, and you got guys who have never played together, you're asking for a lot. That's the 2023 Green Bay Packers. Winning games is going to be tougher because there's literal to no margin for error, and that's also a lot to put on a team that you don't typically have to put on them because you've got veterans or ways to mitigate things that have gone badly. And I think we have to keep those things, some of those things in mind when we're setting our expectations and reacting to the things that don't go well. But again, how do they not go well? What is not going well? Because the coaching staff still has to get through to these players, make a point, get them to improve. We have to see signs of hope for the future. We have to see signs that these guys can be long-term parts of this team that they justified where they were taken. Luke Musgrave justifies being taken in round two. All these players are going to, why did we pick them over the alternative? I talked earlier about body language. I'm going to be watching it. The players, the coaches, because they're entering the rest of the schedule and there's only one more extended break left. They're going to be playing in the grinder every single week from now until the end of the year. It's going to be grueling. They're going to deal with injuries. And regardless of how the last game went, there's going to be a game the following week. How do they respond? How do they look? How do they fight? Grow? Bond? There's a lot to see as we look to the future of this team. And again, I, I'm not throwing up my hands on 2023, but I, I kind of, I, I'm, I'm there in terms of I want to see the growth beyond this season. I just think this season is, is, is a lot to ask for, and I think we've already seen enough signs to know that, that it's going to be some really tough sledding if you want these Packers to be playing into mid and late January this year. I just don't know if that's in the cards. So back to this matchup this week. The Broncos just played and obviously you know did not look good against the Chiefs. Now, to be fair, it's the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Denver is 1-5. They're terrible. They're talking about trading away their top talent. They're going nowhere this season. And still, I don't feel at all confident that the Packers can go out there and win a game. They've just looked so inept offensively that I don't know how they can score enough. Where is it going to come from? It certainly can come from the run game. Farron Jones is back. Obviously, that's an easy answer right there. Oh, Jones is back. Okay, just make sure he touches the ball 20 times. You know the formula. When Aaron Jones touches the ball 20 or more times, the Packers have a phenomenal record. And it can come through the air if Jordan Love gets right with Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Musgrave, Wicks. But will they? Does he have, you know, will the offensive line give him time? Is he going to be able to make good throws, good decisions? The offense just doesn't do anything well right now. 
The defense has been allowing less than 20 points a game. There's no reason to think they can't do the same here, but the Packers have not played a full game of football in over a month. They have just been, it, the first halves have been the walking dead. So even against a bad team, if you give them a 30-minute head start, well, you're going to struggle and lose a lot of games, even to bad teams. We just saw that happen. To, and to that effect, will they press and end up not scoring because they were trying too hard and doing the wrong things and getting cute instead of just running the offense and settling into themselves and what they should be? I don't know. I could see it happening. I can see the Packers getting run off the field. but that's And it's not because I, I think that they're so bad that they can't beat the Broncos, but they're capable of being bad and not beating the Broncos because I just saw what they did in Las Vegas, and you can't take away the fact of what that was. Just because the Raiders are not the Broncos and vice versa doesn't mean that the Packers can't come out and look like crap again. It's very possible. If you show me that you can play lights-out football, you're capable of doing it on any given day. If you show me that you're playing crap-ass football, you're showing me that you're capable of playing crap-ass football on any given Sunday. And if the Packers do get run off the field and they don't beat the Broncos, then it's like, okay, this team sucks. There's no question about it. And we're having an entirely different conversation. And he, you know, even if the Packers don't win, this is not 2018. You know, so for those who are like, yeah, if they, they lose to the Broncos, LaFleur should, should have to walk home and he should lose his job on the spot. That is not happening. They're not firing Matt LaFleur. They are not firing Joe Barry, Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, Rich Basaccia, any of the coaching staff. They're not letting anybody go. This season was going to be bumpy before they kicked off in Chicago. We knew it. That was already built in. There's, there's, everyone gets more slack in the line as a coach, as a player, unless the players start quitting and it becomes apparent that the coaching staff has lost them. I don't think we're going to see any changes. And I don't see that happening, not in 2023. I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to lose this locker room. As far as, as what I expect in this game, I don't know where the points are going to come from. That's that's my, my biggest issue. I just, where are they going to come from? I'm not going to sit here like a fool and say, I think Jordan Love's going to bounce back and have a, you know, have a 300-yard passing game, throw four touchdowns and no interceptions. To who? Where? How? How's that going to go? I hope Aaron Jones can go. And then I think there's your biggest answer. I think you get him going and, you know, hope the oxygen tanks are full because Denver, high elevation, players don't play out there. They're not used to it, all that stuff. Hopefully Quay Walker can return. It sounds like he's likely to be able to come back and play. And we'll see if Eric Stokes is close to joining the defense and helping the secondary put the right mix of players out there. If he can play, I mean, I don't know that he's going to play a ton. If he comes back, he hasn't played in a year. He's two bad injuries that he had. So I don't really know what to expect, and they haven't even started practicing yet. So it's too early in the week to, to start making pontifications about how this game is going to go. If you want to know what I think or how I think this game is going to go, listen to Thursday's Pack-A-Day podcast because by then, with Mark, because by then I will have a better idea of what I think is actually going to go down, and I'll give my, my prediction there after we've had at least a day of practice so we know who practiced, who didn't, and, and we'll have a little more context as far as what's going on. But that's that's my take on the Packers right now. It's just there's not a lot to hang the hat on, which is frustrating, but it's there's a lot of football left to be played. 
And I think the needle just needs to be moving in the right direction, although it's going to move slowly. So take the victory. If Jordan Love comes out, protects the football, the Packers play a competitive game, he doesn't turn the ball over, that's good. That's, that's, a, that's an improvement from the previous game. If the Packers come out and rush for 100 yards, that's an improvement on the previous game. By the way, I thought A.J. Dillon did okay in the last game. You know, he had a lot of carries and, and ran the ball better, didn't have the, the tripping over his own feet issues and stuff like that too. You know, there were some things that were okay, but the mistakes and, and the interceptions and all that kind of stuff just kind of got in the way. So that'll wrap up the bi-week edition of the Quick Science Podcast. Hope everybody has a good week as they get excited for and anticipate Packers football returning. I will be back again next Monday with a recap of the Packers-Broncos game. We'll see what comes of that. And I'll look forward to getting back with everybody at that point there. But get over, follow Game on Wisconsin at Game on WI. Follow me at Jason Perone on Twitter. Obviously, if anyone has any questions, thoughts, comments, anything that they want to talk about or, or hear about on a future Quick Slides podcast, tweet me. The DMs are open, all that good stuff. I hope everybody uh, has a great week. Take care of yourself. And as always, go Pack Go. Off play action, back to the throw. Prescott with time. Right to sit over the middle through the hands of Cooper. Intercepted. Jair Alexander to the 20. Cutting left, 25 30. He's got an escort to the 35 40. Hurdles a defender across the 50. And into Dallas territory.